Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for round 25. We are one week away from the start of the 2022 NRL Final Series. It's the most exciting time of the year in terms of rugby league and we have a lot to talk about. The top eight, the battle for the top eight and the battle for the top four are both very much still alive for some teams where teams are ultimately going to finish after the end of this week and who's going to verse who in the first week of the finals. But Today, uh, for the first time in, in a long time, actually, I've got a guest on. This is a man that I have talked about rugby league with for almost 20 years. He's on the show for the first time. It's great to finally have you on board, Nick. Welcome to the show, Nicole Chimantresky. Nick, how are you? Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah, going all right, mate. Looking forward to the uh, last round of the season and obviously the finals. But yeah, let's get into it. It's just the best, you know, best time of the year to sit back, crack open a cold one like I'm going to do right now and uh, talk about footy. Uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a big final series. I reckon there's, you know, plenty of teams that can win it. Nick, how have you seen the football this year? Are you liking the quality of games that we're seeing? Um, obviously you're a Broncos supporter, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on the show more in depth and their situation how, you know, basically they've thrown their season away in the past few weeks. But yeah, what are you thought about the quality of football that we've seen in 2022? Been a bit hit and miss. Uh, obviously, there's been some cracker games throughout the year, but obviously what we had two weeks ago with, you know, what, six or seven blowout scores in that round, obviously not a good advertisement for the NRL, but no, I really enjoyed it. I think the biggest thing about this year is that we're going to have eight teams with a positive record in the eight this year, um, as opposed to last year we had the Titans, I think. Yeah, they, yeah. They, I think they made it with a 10 and 14 record as yeah, well. That's so disgusting. Well, the Dragons, I believe, are, what, 11 and... 12 so uh, going into the last game mm. and they might what come 10th and they've got they might end the season with an even record so um, you know there's definitely a disparity between the really good teams and the really bad team in the competition but you know there's been 10 11 teams this year that have been really competitive mm. which is good to see um, I know that you've been so throughout you know our friendship you've been in and out of rugby league um, you know you've watched it sometime like a lot you've really been into it stages in life I know that you like your tennis and all these other sports as well. The last couple of years, you've really gotten back into the sport. This year, probably you've watched the most in, I'd say, probably over a decade. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think, um, where did I take a break? I think it was around like 2013 to 2017. Like, I didn't really watch too much footy. Um, probably probably the wrong time to be taking a break. Sounds like footy was actually rocketing back then. But The Rabbitohs Premiership yeah. in that year, mate. Come yeah. on. Watch games here or there, but yeah. Would have been good to have been a part of that Broncos-Cowboys season from start to finish in full, but... Back in 2015, but yeah, no, it's um, league's been good. Uh, it's just been the officiating that's really been annoying me. There was two really obvious tries last week that weren't called. It just um, with uh, was it Jacob Saifidi on on Sunday against the Knights where he grounded the ball and the referee like everyone could see it and then the Broncos like no try. Yeah, well, oh, that was pathetic. Well, clearly touched the line. Yeah, the other one was uh, Reese Walsh's interference on Isaiah. Yo, that really ticked me off, even though it was only um. It was only really like what to decide the game by thirty six points as opposed to thirty, but still like he stuck his leg out in a natural action. I thought they should not have been a penalty trial whatsoever on Isaiah. You just got to hope that some of these decisions that they're making, because obviously in rugby league you're never going to get one hundred percent of the decisions are right from the referees, but you want the consistency across the board. And at the end of the day, when they do make mistakes, you ultimately don't want it to cost the team their chances at the end of the season. So mm. now that we're coming into the business side of the year, it's really important for, I think, there to be a consistency across the board on the interpretation of the rules and exactly when penalties could be getting called. Especially, obviously, I don't think it was a major factor last weekend, but the obstruction rules being a controversial one. You know, the six agains, repeated infringements, 
Um, and obviously, you know, the match review committee came coming in. That's been a subject to controversy this week as well with the Nelson Asolfa Solomona situation. Now he's been charged five times, I believe it is, in 2022 with no suspension. So I think it's just about getting consistency across the board. And, um, you know, for, for that refereeing part of the game, not to take away from the great quality of football that we hopefully see in the next month or so. So, um, but in saying that, let's get into it. Round 24, we'll just recap. I got seven out of eight tips correct last week. Nice. The one that I got wrong was Melbourne against the Roosters. I tipped them. Um, but we saw some good football, Nick. Um, 18-14, obviously that was probably the highlight of the week, that game. The Roosters getting over the storm. It really felt like a classic finals mm. encounter. Um, both teams bashed each other. Obviously, we've got the uh, Hargraves and Nelson Asofa Solomona confrontation out there. I was really excited for the Thursday night game. I thought that Brisbane would come up and, and be very mm. competitive and, and make a game of it. But the Parramatta Eels ran away big winners, 53-6. to six. And I guess when you look at the other games, um, the most telling results were the Raiders 48-6 to six over Manly. Manly's implosion continues this year. The Raiders just continue to grow, uh, to grow from strength to strength and get back into this finals race. And now to the point where they're in the top eight. And the Rabbitohs secured their final spot with a 20-10 to 10 victory over the Cowboys. How did you see around 24 in particular, Nick? Um, what stood out to you? Obviously, I was disappointed. I was hoping for the Roosters and Rabbitohs to both lose. That way, our fate for the Brisbane Broncos were in our hands for this week. But no, it was actually a, a good round. Uh, obviously, a lot better from the week before, like I said, when we had six or seven buyouts. Um, yeah, obviously, the really disappointed the Broncos last week. Figured we'd get a good good Thursday night game. Um, but yeah, obviously not to be. Um yeah, look, there was good games. Uh, Dragons and Tigers was a bit of a bit of a weird one. Uh, I think the the game I probably enjoyed the most was that Titans Knights game. To be honest, besides Long points, free flowing football. Yeah, besides the besides the Roosters Storm game, that's probably my game of the week. But yeah, I really enjoyed that Titans Knights game. Um, Roosters Cowboys was, was a bit sloppy. I wasn't really Rabbit happy. With, Cowboys. So that's what yep. I didn't say yet. Yeah, wasn't really happy with um, either team's performance. Uh, Completion rates were low. Yeah, um, wasn't yeah. But obviously the important thing for CS fans was they secured their final spot, but I don't feel like, yeah, that was anywhere near the potential to what either team could produce. And obviously there's a lot of talk about the Cowboys. We'll talk about them shortly as well and how we think they'll go in the postseason. But um, I think, yeah, it ultimately round 24 continued what we saw in the past few weeks where the teams that weren't really in contention kind of got blown off the park a little bit um, and aren't playing great football, but obviously... We saw games like the Tigers and Dragons and the Knights Titans with teams out of the Premiership race, but they'll still entertaining games. So I'm excited to see what this week brings, and we can't understate it. It's going to be a huge weekend, mm. especially the first game, Thursday night, Melbourne versus Eels, a top four spot on the line, Nick. You pretty much can't write you know, a, a, a better end-of-season match than literally they're playing for fourth spot on the ladder, pretty much, unless the Cowboys lose the Penrith, then they could potentially be playing for third. But uh, with the Penrith news, it's probably going to be playing for fourth between between Melbourne and Parramatta. And obviously on the Friday night as well, the opening of Allianz Stadium, the new Allianz Stadium, a lot of history has been, you know, in rugby league history has been played there. Fox Sports this week has done narrated by the legendary Matt Nable, who always narrates all their stuff, like a video package of the greatest moments at Allianz. And, you know, what a better game. Is there any better game to start the new history of that ground than, you know, rivals since 1908, two of the biggest rivals in rugby league history, the Roosters versus the Rabbitohs. And, you know, the mind games, games already began a little bit with the Roosters trying to block the Rabbitohs from doing the captain run on the ground and not be able to get the ground until, like, 30 minutes before kickoff on game day. But I think we're in for a cracking weekend of football. 
We're going to get straight into it with our tips. But before we do, please remember to like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. It is the best way to stay notified with all the notifications and the updates on the show. We're coming into the business end of the season, so there's going to be more content. We're going to be examining every game in the finals next week. I've got a stacked show. Plenty of guests coming on. You might be returning to preview a match, Nick. It's going to be exciting. Like the podcast and subscribe wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or Spotify. And Nick, without further ado, let's get into round 24. As I mentioned, the opening game of round 25 is the battle for fourth spot on the Telstra Premiership ladder. The winner will be playing Penrith, most likely, unless somehow the reserve-grade Penrith side beats the Cowboys on Saturday night. We'll preview that match shortly. But Thursday night, from Combank Stadium up there in Parramatta, the Parramatta Eels host the Melbourne Storm. The Eels... Big winners over the Broncos last week. The Storm had a huge uh, match against the Roosters. It was finals-like football. There was huge intensity. They went down 18-14. to 14. The Eels have beat the Melbourne Storm twice this year, including, a, I believe it was a miracle play. I can't remember who did it. Ray Stone. Uh, Ray Stone injured, injured himself knee, yeah. for the season. The first time they played this year, they beat him recently as well. This is shaping up to be a huge game. Nick, how do you feel these teams are heading into this game? What do you reckon their preparation has been like? And how, you know, is their football coming along one week out from the finals? It's good to see Parramatta have a bit more consistency as of late. Uh, same with the Storm. Obviously, they had the four weeks in a row where they lost. But uh, preparations have been good, I reckon, for both teams. So I reckon they're both... Uh, I've had about a week ago. I think I didn't think Parramatta were going to be a premiership contender. I probably still don't, but you know, with the form that they've had the last couple of weeks, maybe they can prove me wrong. Um, yeah, I see this going down to the wire. To be honest, probably like a last place stuff again, as we've seen in what round three it was, where they went down 24-28. That, that was, was one in, of the matches of the season, too, in my opinion. That was in Melbourne as yes. well. Um, they've proven that they can beat the contenders of this competition, Parramatta. They've done it against Melbourne twice this year. They've done it against Penrith. So, I mean, looking at these team lists, both teams are pretty much full strength, raring to go. Tom Eisenhuff got hurt for the season for Melbourne. But it's interesting that this week, and they do it most weeks, Melbourne, but they've named Nick Meaney back in the fullback spot, Cam Munster mm. at 5'8". If there's one thing that I'm taking away from that um, you know, Melbourne attack last week, I don't think that Cameron Munster got enough opportunities to get involved in the attack. And obviously, he's going to roam from that fullback spot, and they're going to switch between the positions throughout the game, but um, you know the Roosters really didn't even have an opportunity to play his natural style of football and impose his impact onto that game last Friday night. I think this is going to be, it's already a sellout. I think it's been a sellout for over a week now at this point, this game. Um, I think these are two teams personally that are very capable of winning this competition from outside of the top four, and I think that if we're ever going to see that um, in the NRL era, that it might be this season just because there's so many contenders in this premiership race, but um, you know, obviously we cannot overstate the importance of this game because, you know, two chances, two opportunities to, um, you know, take that premiership home. You can lose the game and still win the comp if you make the top four. And are you concerned, Nick, that Parramatta and, you know, we know how inconsistent they've mm. been this year. They don't have to, you know, really start winning games in a row. They don't have to win four games in a row until the finals, right? Because finals is like a brand new competition, but... Are you concerned about the Eels and their history in big game situations? We know they beat Melbourne. We know, know they beat Penrith. But when we get to this finals time of the year, sometimes the Eels may have a history over the last four or five years of kind of fading away in those big match opportunities. 
Well, that's exactly why I don't think Eels are a premiership contender, in my view. Like, I don't, I don't have them in my top five to win the title. Um, that's Do you it. think Melbourne are? Yes, 100%. Yep. They're probably my second, um, second contender. Despite the loss last week, you don't think that affected them too much? Even despite not having Pappenhausen, which I think he missed before. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely think if Munster's playing fullback, he's been an absolute gun over these last couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't... Uh, it's, it's, it's good that they're hitting their stride at this time of the year, but... But they, they probably need to start their, their finals really this week by beating Melbourne if they're an actual chance to, to win the competition. I know they did it in round three, but they didn't have Harry Grant that week. And I, I think Harry Grant's a bit more of a crucial piece to this side. If, if Karen Munster's is going to be playing fullback, I think Harry Grant's a bit more of a crucial piece to this side than, than Pappenhausen is. Um, so he's my X Factor as much as I really dislike that bloke just from his demeanor. He's a really good football <laughs> player. Um, so I, I, I definitely think that... Um, He's a big in this week, um, and I, I, I really truly think that the consistency, inconsistency of the Eels is going to catch up to him this week, but remains to be seen. One thing that I think a lot of people are understating with Melbourne is that obviously this year, times of the season, they've looked very un-Melbourne-like to what we've expected mm. in terms of them being a dominant force in this competition. Now, let's not understate it. They're still fifth on the Premiership ladder. They've still been a really good side this season, apart from that real downward period they had over Origin, but... In saying that, I look at this team on paper and I feel like one thing that a lot of people are forgetting that this team hasn't played too much football together this season. I know that um, you know a lot of the year they've had Munster and Hughes there and mm. Munster's probably having his most complete season in terms of being a first grade football that he's had. He's just you know lifted Melbourne above uh, you know what they probably would be able to do without him. But you look at the forward pack, they've had a lot of outs throughout the year. This team is very much capable, in my opinion, of going on a run. I'm not willing to rule them out of a premiership threat at all, and I probably put them in my top two or three. And the interesting thing about this game is you look at these two teams, the Eels and Melbourne, the winner most likely versus Penrith in week one next week. They're the only two teams that have been in Penrith all year. I think that, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later in the Penrith game, but Penrith rests in 13 this week. I think Penrith might be making a mistake there because if Penrith name close to their full-strength team, even close, they rest a couple, couple of their big guns, I still would probably have tipped them against the Cowboys. I think they might be making a mistake because what I think might happen is if they beat the Cowboys, the Cowboys could have come fourth and they could have played Cowboys next week. Now they're in a situation where they're going to be playing either the Eels or the Storm. I know you have to beat the best teams in this competition to win the Premiership, but... All I'm saying, week one of the finals, Luai doesn't have much football under his belt. Cleary doesn't have much of his uh, football under his belt. And I feel like these two teams that we're seeing on Thursday night are two teams that are coming into their their peak at the right time of the season. And to be honest, I'm not too worried about Parramatta and you know their finals and their big game history because I feel like they're a team, even if they don't win this week, that can you know still go on a run and win this premiership. And... If they beat Melbourne twice this year, I'm probably going to lead in the way of Melbourne this week just because I feel like, as I mentioned, they're starting to get a little bit more football on their legs together. Bellamy, we know what he's like after a loss. He's going to have him primed and ready to go for this game come Thursday night. Moses back is a huge in, and we saw it last week in the con- contribution that he adds to this mm. Eels side. That forward pack battle is going to be a big battle. Gillard and Paulo, I feel like... the Eels play their best football with that one-two punch early in the set. But I feel like if anyone can stop that combination, and we've seen them stopped at a few times this year, but look at the veteran forward pack of Bromwich, Big Nelson, uh, Kafusi, Josh King even, who's played good football this year. I feel like Melbourne are an experienced mob, and I feel like 
at the end of the day, it's going to go down to the wire this game, but I've got Melbourne by... I'm probably going to go Melbourne by two, but I think this is going to go down to the wire. It's going to be a great crowd. It's going to be an electric atmosphere up there at Combank on Thursday night, but I'm going to go Melbourne by two. Nick, how do you ultimately see this game getting played out? Thursday? Yeah, I got I got Melbourne by four. I think, uh, like I said, I think Harry Green's going to have a big game. Probably be my man of the match, if I'm being honest. But um, yeah, I, I reckon Melbourne will win by four. I reckon their forward pack's just a little bit better and a little bit more experienced than what Parramatta have to offer. And Cameron Munster obviously understated how how well he's been playing this year. Probably the Probably a good argument to say that he's been the best player in the comp since Cameron Smith's retired, but yeah, I've got Melbourne by four. I still think that he might even be a smoky to maybe take the Daly M. I know that he's missed a lot of football and he's been, you know, origin period and the consistency of Ben Hunt in the Dragons team that isn't going to play finals football. But I, yeah, I think Munster has been the best player this year. I think it'd be better if Cameron Munster won the Daly M. I don't think it says a great deal for how the Daly M voting works if we have a player that's going to likely finish what? 10th or 11th in the Dragons win the Daly M, but I guess that's a different conversation. Well, you can make that argument that, you know, every time the Dragons have won, he's been the man in the match or close to, um, despite maybe Sunday. Maybe he had his best performance Sunday, but I think Munster will be tallying points late. And, um, you know, obviously, if Latrell Mitchell was probably fit all season, that he could be Mm. a... uh, Because I think he would have piled a lot of points over the past month. So, um, all right, well, you've got the Storm by six. I've got the uh, Storm by four. I've got the Storm by two. Um, huge game, massive consequences. It's going to be a, a big game, and I think it's going to be, you know, probably breaking records for Thursday night viewership uh, this match. And I can't wait to watch it. All right, we've talked Nick about the the big game that we're going to see Friday night, and you know, we're not talking about the Rabbitohs versus the Roosters. We're talking <laughs> about this blockbuster, can't miss uh, television right here <laughs> at six o'clock on Friday night. The Canterbury Bulldogs host the Manly Seagulls Doggies. at the Paul Stadium. And, you know, both of these teams aren't going to be playing finals football. I don't, do not care slightly, even slightly about this game. I just don't give a crap. The Bulldogs, to their credit, um, under Mick Potter, be playing some okay football. But obviously the story of this game is merely his implosion that we've seen since uh, the Pride jersey scandal. They, they look like a team that, you know, are just falling apart in terms of you know, the inner workings of it, players not getting along, there's a new CEO that apparently doesn't like Des Hasler, you've got, you know, obviously the injury problems of Jay Trojevic last few weeks, mm. Garrick and Tommy Turbo, their star player being out long-term, Jason Saab's another one, haven't helped the cause, but the performances mainly addition out at the moment are simply not good enough, I think Des Hasler's got pressure on him internally, and man, I just, I, I think that mainly fans Players and everyone involved in the organisation cannot wait for their season to be over. As I mentioned, the Bulldogs probably got brighter days ahead. Cameron Serrato's coming in as the head coach in a, a massive five-year <clears> deal. Um, they've also <clears> got <throat> Viliami Kikia and Reed Marnie into the organisation next year. So big changes at the foot of the mountains there. At the foot of the mountains, they're not Penrith. No. They're the Bulldogs. <laughs> but uh, big changes there um, next year. And I mean... A lot of Bulldogs fans have hope for the future, but obviously this game are two teams that I don't think the Bulldogs have been impressive the last few weeks. I think they've pretty much almost given up. I know it was 16-0 that game against Cronulla last week, but I don't think there was, there was much good football getting played there personally. Nah, uh, what do you really. think of this game, Nick? Well, yeah, it's obviously a fickle thing having some of your harmony disrupted with the, the Pride Round scandal. You see that across a lot of sports, with you know some like even in the NBA where you get trade rumours coming through and... That really disrupts a team's momentum. So it's uh, it's definitely an interesting one. I'd really like to 
to be a fly on the wall in the Manly locker room and see what's going on. But you know, the only thing I can see would be good for Manly to, to maybe even attend this game, their fans. It's Kieran Foran's last game to see Eagles jersey. And he's obviously been a big part of their history for the last, like, you know, what, 10, 15 years. Two so. premierships, club legends, no doubt about it. Yeah, so I think, you know, Manly probably going to put up a fight as opposed to what they've produced out in the last two weeks, getting belted by the Raiders. And who did they play the week before? Uh, whoever they did, it wasn't good. They played well. They played Cronulla last week, the Raiders the week before, and before that it was the Titans. Yeah, they got big. Yeah. yeah, so back, back. Yeah, three weeks in a row they've just been blown off the park. So you know, you'd like to see them get up for Kieran Foran's last game. I don't know if they have that in them. I know they got a, a new player playing fullback this week that I've never even heard of. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. not even going to try to pronounce <laughs> his name, Nick. Weeks. Let's call him Weeks. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's um, Bulldogs have been. Bit hit and miss this year. They obviously had the big scalps against the Eels, the Roosters, and had another one. Another big scalp. But, you know, I think the Bulldogs' future is looking pretty bright. I wouldn't say, like it. I think, I think next year they're going to have the year that they're expected to have this year, where they were, you know, they're going to expect to finish around the ninth sort of tenth spot before the season even started. I think that's probably going to happen for them next year. Um, yeah, no, I can't say I'll be paying too close attention to this game. I'll have it on. It'll probably be one of those games I'll have my phone in my, my right hand and one eye on the game. Who do you think is going to take it out? I've got the Bulldogs by eight. Got the Bulldogs by eight. I think the Bulldogs, yeah, by about, I'd probably go the Bulldogs by 12. I feel like Manly will put up a better effort than we've seen the last few weeks. But I think that across the board, there's disharmony at the club. I don't think the recruitment's been great. I don't think... I think this season in particular, especially the, the second half of it, has shown to me that I don't think there's a lot of depth in the club. I know there's some talented young kids that are coming through, but they're not to the NRL level yet. So I, I'm really worried about the future of Manly over the next few years. I mean, if Tom Turbo doesn't get fit and doesn't start playing full seasons, I think that the next few seasons could just be a disaster for Manly. And I, I feel like we're seeing... A club implode and whatever Des does, he's got a huge um, off-season to try to get them ready for the start of 2023. He's got to bring them back together somehow. But yeah, I'm going to go to the Bulldogs by 12 and I think we you know, wasted enough breath talking about this game, Nick. Let's move <laughs> on. All right, Nick, I looked at this game in the fixture and I saw that the Rabbitohs you know, were in action and usually it's not a problem for me, but obviously as a Rabbitohs supporter, I have a lot of disdain for the Sydney Roosters and I needed more of an impartial figure because it's a huge game on Friday night from their brand new Allianz Stadium. The first event that's going to be at Allianz Stadium, the Sydney Roosters hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs. These teams potentially, well, I don't think it actually can happen anymore. I don't know if Eels win, this could happen two weeks in a row, this, this big game. But yeah, it's going to be a blockbuster game. The teams have been sold out for weeks to the point where I think you can still buy single seats. I was looking at this today but they're charging $100 for single seats only. It's going to be a, a great atmosphere for the opening of the brand new stadium. And, you know, these two teams don't really need any inspiration to show up against each other. They've got such a history of um, such a deep rivalry. The Rabbitohs, of course, with their book of feuds that Russell Crowe has uh, talked about in the past. But, yeah, Nick Politis versus Crowe, the Rabbitohs versus the Roosters, two teams that have, you know, been contenders for over a decade now. The Roosters, seven in a row, hitting their straps at the right time of the season. The Rabbitohs secured their top eight spot last week with a 20-10 victory over the North Queensland Cowboys. This game's going to be an absolute blockbuster, Nick. I can't wait for it. Not without their outages. The Roosters are going to be missing Daniel Tupo. 
Lindsay Collins and Victor Radley. The Rabbitohs, no Campbell Graham after that knock last week. He's going to sit out, and Damien Cook's still out with COVID. So those players are out of action, but still, we're going to see some of the stars of the game in action on Friday night. Nick, I'll start with you, mate. How do you think these teams are traveling heading into this game? What do you think of their season so far? And who do you think has the edge going into Friday night? It's good to see the, the Rabbitohs come good as of late. Obviously, they had a bit of a weird start to the year with, with losing Adam Reynolds. And I think that turning point was when Lachlan Elias got hooked after they were down 30-0 after about 30 minutes against the Dragons. So good to see them playing better football as of late. Good Thanks to see for them. reminding me of that, mate. I was in attendance. It was uh, a great night out there at Wing Stadium with my <laughs> good mate, Matt Cosser. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's um, it's it's been a been a good turnaround for the Rabbitohs. Uh, good to see Lachlan Elias getting a bit more confidence in his skin in that halfback role. Um, I, don't really, I haven't really had too many complaints about him last week or two, uh, last couple of months. Sorry, um, Roosters obviously in fantastic form. What have they won like six or seven, seven games in a row? Seven yeah, in a row. beat Melbourne last week. Big scalp down in Amy Park. Uh, what we have in round three? They won twenty eight sixteen. The Rabbitohs. That was definitely two different teams back then. Um, I think Daniel Tupo is also a bit of a big loss for the Roosters. He does some hard carries out of his uh, out of out of their twenty. He's averaged about two hundred meters a game. Really? And, yeah. yeah. That you you mentioned around three as well. I'll just interject for a second that if we look at a recent history between these two clubs, the Rabbitohs have a definitive edge. It's usually you know pretty even the last year or two, or even three years, because there was that sixty to twelve blowout. I think that was in twenty twenty. The Rabbitohs have ultimately held the edge over the Roosters. Yeah, uh, Tupo's obviously been been a bit of a big loss. Uh, Matt Lodge has played really good football. Can't say I like the black whatsoever, but he's he's been playing some really good football as of late. Him and Jared Rio Hargraves just absolutely belting their good one-two punch. Mm. And Lodge, you know, has been a, as you mentioned, as you alluded to, he's got that off-field reputation about him. But you got to admit, he's been, as you mentioned, a really handy signing for the Roosters midway through the year. Good offloads where he can as well. Yeah, he's he's been really handy. Um, Hate to see the Roosters get any help with these mid-season acquisitions, but you know, obviously Lodge has been pretty big for them. Um, as for the Rabbitohs, no Damian Cook is a big out. I know Havili had a pretty solid game last week. I didn't mind him and Nicarima swapping swapping roles. Uh, he doesn't have that explosiveness out of half, out of dummy half though that Cook does. Cook's got the, um, I guess you know that explosive being able to break the game open. Now Havili's offering solid service. He's making forty tackles a game, but. I'm with you. I think they lose a little bit of that X factor. See us without Cookie there. Yeah, in Latrell Mitchell, as you said before, he's been one of the form form players of the competition. Now, I definitely see this game going down to the wire again. Definitely a battle between this and the Para game and Para Storm game being the game of the round. So, definitely look probably my most look forward game of this week. Um, in the end, I've got the the Roosters winning by six. I was hoping the the the, the Rabbitohs would win if if Cook was playing, but. I still think that's just a bit of a big loss. That yeah, it's definitely going to be a tense one as well with, with all that's been in the headlines about the Roosters trying to block any access to that stadium with the Rabbitohs. But yeah, I've got the, the Roosters in a close one, but I've got them by six. Why do you think the Roosters win? Where do you think the Roosters win this game of football? That's what I want to know because you, you tip the Roosters, which is fair enough. And as a CS man, I just want to know 
Do they win it through the middle? Are they win it through the forwards? As you mentioned, Hargraves and Lodge combination. Do you think that they get over the top of the Rabbitohs forward pack early and can score points that way? Or do you think it's just going to be a typical arm wrestle and near the end of the game, they just pull away? That's exactly what I think, Steve. It's definitely going to be a big arm wrestle. And then, yeah, just at the end of the game, I just think the, the Roosters have been throwing the ball around a bit better the last couple of weeks as opposed to the Rabbitohs where they had, what, like 60, 65% completion rate. So I think in the end, just that little bit of consistency that they've shown over the last seven weeks is just going to shine through. And yeah, they'll be able to pip the, pip the Rabbitohs at the, at the line. Well, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying about the Roosters and them throwing the ball around. The thing that frustrates me as a Rabbitohs fan, we've had this conversation many times, is that the Rabbitohs' completions ultimately determine how they're going to play. If they completed 80% of football, like most teams, they're winning most games of footy. But the Rabbitohs seem to get out in their head a little bit. You mentioned the form that the Roosters are in. I think that Luttrell, his form has you know completely changed Rabbitohs around. I think that they're a completely different side to what we saw two or three months ago since Luttrell's back, been back in. Cody Walker's looking better with him. And... You know, I think that they're definitely a team, just like last year, we saw them go on a run to that grand final. Now, it's debatable whether you think they're in better form now than they were at this time last year. And obviously last year, they had Reynolds there. They had Wayne Bennett there. But you're right. I think one of the understated parts of the Rabbitohs lineup has been Lachlan Ilias because, you know, with Latrell back and Cody playing some good football, it's taking the pressure off Ilias. He's, you know, a young kid that's in his first full season in the NRL. And I think he's just done a great job at doing his, playing his natural game. The Rabbitohs didn't give him much of a platform at certain parts of the game against the Cowboys last week. But his kicks have been pretty spot on. Um, he knows his role. And when that left-hand side doesn't work, and we've seen it this time of the, uh, at points of the season... Lachlan Ilias hasn't been afraid to take on the line and try to create opportunities outside the right-hand side of Seahawks. And Kim Graham's a big loss this week because I feel like he adds more to that right-hand side. Um, Jackson Paulo's going to slot in. We'll see how he goes in the centres this week after you know that disaster of a game where he unwarrantedly got all those death threats and it was a horrible look for the rugby league um, after the game against Penrith two weeks ago. But I feel like South Sydney can... Go on a run, and I'm not saying they, they will win the premiership, but what I, I feel like is that even Latrell, I've noticed he is coming and, and coming to the right side. It's not all on CS right a left-hand side attack. They're trying to be more than a one-dimensional attackive team. And obviously that left-hand side is going to work, you know, 70 to 80% of the time because it's just so explosive. It's hard to shut down Alex Johnson's try scoring record keep, uh, you know. Speaks for itself, but I feel like Seahawks are on the way to improving. And if they can hang on to the ball and do the little things right, and that's where I think the area of Seahawks struggle is completing their sets, getting their kick away, then I feel like in most games and most teams, they can have an advantage over if they can do those small things right. Now, the Roosters, comparatively to me, playing great football, their halves are starting to connect, which we didn't see in the first half of the season. The Fords pack is doing great. Like, you look at their... You mentioned their props. I know Collins is out long-term, potentially, with the suspension. But that one-two punch of Hargraves and Collins, who just bullied the Melbourne Storm last week, on the bench they had um, Collins and Takiyaho. Those front rolls are just are doing wonders for the Roosters. Victor Radley's acting like their link man. So I think it's going to be an, an epic game on Friday night. I think one of the X factors for CFs that the Roosters don't have is that I mentioned Ilias playing his natural game. Cam Murray's touching the ball mm. last week three to four times a set. He's almost playing like an extra half back there, which again, I think adds another dimension to CS game. If Cook comes back 
and starts play, and starts looking for those opportunities at a dummy half. He's been hit or miss with it the last couple of seasons. Sometimes he's been able to find it, sometimes he hasn't, which is going to happen. But I feel like Souths probably have a little bit more in attack than the Roosters have. Now, I know they're playing a great confidence game, but I feel like if Souths can hang on to the ball early, get into the arm wrestle, and I feel like you know the, those Roosters props and, and the front rollers are going to be almost impossible to stop for Seas, but if they can get their share of possession easily, the Roosters give away some of the most penalties in the game. I feel like Seas can really drag this down to the dying stages. And unlike you, I think that Seas have got a little bit more X-factor than, than the Roosters. Now, the Roosters got Teddy playing great football. Manu Suwali's always a threat, but he's out on the wing. I feel like you've got Walker starting to play good football, Luttrell, Cam Murray in the middle of the field, and then you can go back to Ilias if those options don't work. And he's confident enough to put his own imprint in this game, I'm actually going to tip CS by 10 points. And, and I know it's not a shock because I am a Rabideau supporter, but looking at this in a not biased way, I feel like the three losses that the Roosters have this week, as you mentioned, Tubo's a big loss, Collins <laughs> out. Um, I feel Radley is he's huge, the work that he does in the middle of the field. I feel like this week, CS had the advantage. And I don't know if these two teams are going to be playing each other next week, if I will say that about CS, but I feel like CS. Um, with those losses that the Roosters have, those injuries out, carry the advantage in by this game. So I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs. It's one thing about Lachlan Ilias. I've, I've noticed over the last probably like a month or two, his, his fifth tackle options have been pretty solid. Sometimes he can get caught holding the ball. So I'd like to see he him does. go a full yes, game not holding the ball um, on the fifth tackle, which, you know, Roosters are pretty sound defensively. So hopefully he doesn't do anything like that and give away a possession around the halfway line. I feel like he averages an error to a game. And as you mentioned, sometimes he gets caught on the last. And, you know, that's just going to be improved with experience, mm. Nick. And, um, you know... We've seen it time and time again. The Roosters' halves didn't really connect that well, and, and Walker looked like he was going to have a little bit of second-year syndrome this year, but he's coming to his own in the back end of the season. So, I, you know, I feel like both of these teams, they've got some big names out, but I feel like we're going to have a nice taste of final football on Friday. We're just going two different thinking on who's going to win that game of footy, but it's going to be interesting. Be good to see the Rabbitohs hold on to the ball. Uh, look, at that's that's just the thing I do not have any sort of faith in. But you know, if they manage to hold on to the footy, they're, they're right in this. So I'm not I'm not ruling out that the Rabbitohs might win this game. But yeah, I, I still think just with the consistency and what I've seen, yeah, Roosters just going to pick them at the one. I've told this to many guests on their first appearance on the show, and you know, you're tipping the Roosters. We might have different tips as we go through. If you tip higher than me, Nick, you're never invited back on the show. So good <laughs> luck. Let's move on. Big game uh, that match on Friday. Can't wait to check it out. All right, time for my favourite time of the week. And it's the last time I can say this this year. Next week, we've still got two games and two finals games. So it's almost a Super Saturday, but it's the final Super Saturday. I love Super Saturday. I love three games of footy in the afternoon. Nick, I'm getting excited just talking about it. I don't know if this week's got the highest quality of matches, but let's end the year with some good games of football, hopefully. And uh, the action kicks off at three o'clock Saturday afternoon. The New Zealand Warriors hosting the Gold Coast Titans from Mount Smart Stadium down there in New Zealand, and, you know, both these teams can't make finals. The Titans are uh, coming off a couple wins in the last few weeks. The Warriors, I can't even remember who they played last week. It didn't stand out to me. So, David uh, and Nick, the Panthers flogged them. That's but, right. uh, you know what? They seem to show up a little bit when they play in New Zealand, Nick. And of course. They, they got a win a, a few weeks ago. Um well, they got flogged by the Cowboys two weeks ago, but they got a win over the Bulldogs back in round 22. And I feel like they really turn up 
to reward those uh, those faithful New Zealand mm. fans who haven't been able to see him play for three years. So it's going to be a big game to end the year. As I mentioned, the Titans starting to hit a bit of form as well. The uh, In history, these two clubs, the Warriors have the much better winning record over the Titans. The Titans right. have won a few matches, but the Warriors have just usually just destroyed them most times they've faced. I think this might be the Titans' worst opponent, to be honest, historically, maybe other than the Melbourne Storm. Um, so, yeah, the Warriors definitely had the wood over them, but this game, not much on the line, apart from ending your season on a bright note. And, you know, you've got to give it to the Titans um, compared to where we saw them a month or two ago. They're definitely playing a little bit more um, free-flowing football, scoring more points. And, you know, that last week with that win, they guaranteed that they wouldn't finish last on the ladder, so they're not going to get the wooden spoon. Assuming um, they don't get belted by 1,400 points this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nick, what do you think heading into this game? Obviously, uh, low stakes, but um, important to end your season. Or yeah, this is a very much of a toss-up of a game. You just honestly don't know what you're going to get out of either of these two sides with what we've seen over their performances of this year. Uh, I have liked the Titans over the last couple of weeks. I think moving Tanner over to prop has definitely been a bit. Having him as the lead man <clears throat> uh, carrying the ball has been a really good addition, bringing Fafita back into the start lineup as well. So... Uh, I, I think that pack's got a lot of all-star potential with what I've seen over the last couple of weeks between Tino, Furmore, and, and David Fafita. Um, they look like a very competent side as well. Tanner Boyd's, I, I think, been playing some really good footy. Alexander Brimson, been understated how well he's been playing over the last couple of weeks. Uh, really, really playing himself into, I think, origin form that he had a couple of years ago when he was playing fullback for, for the for the Queensland he team. He was really impressive the back end of 2020 in his form. So Yeah, I think much like that, he's been really impressive the back end of 2022. Warriors, look, I really don't have much to say about them. They've had players come and go. Walsh is leaving, Lodge is left. That's Who knows where their hearts are going to be next year? Does Johnson continue to hold that spot? Who knows with, with the Warriors? And really, who knows with Gold Coast? They could go one of two ways next year. They could be a team that is on the rise. You mentioned they've got some exciting young players. Jojo Fafida, Campbell, Brimson start playing some good football. Where do they fit them all in? Who stays? Who goes? Because obviously there's got to be some roster changes there from the disaster we've seen most of the year this year. And, you know, there's high-profile players like Fafita on big money. So really, who knows where both of these teams' futures lie. In terms of this game, this weekend, I feel like the Warriors personally end on high in front of their home crowd. I mentioned why. I think that um, they reward them for being loyal over the past few years and I'm going to go to the Warriors uh, by 14, but I think it'll be a high-scoring game of football. It's a Saturday <laughs> afternoon game. Should be good weather over there, and um, I think we're going to see a lot of points scored in either of these teams are known for their defense, but yeah, we've got the Warriors by 14. I'm going to go to the Titans by 10. Uh, I don't... Where this game is going to be won, I have absolutely no idea. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Like I said, it's a bit of a lottery pick with what you're going to get between these two teams, but I feel like Titans are looking more towards the uh, 2023 and trying to make the finals for next year, whereas the Warriors have a bit more of a question mark having hap, uh, having over their heads. So, yeah, I'm going to go to the Titans by 10. I think Tino's going to have a big game, and I think David Fafita and both Formal are just, yeah, they're going to be anytime try scorers again this week for the third week in a row. That's a big call there, Nick. All right, let's move on. All right, Nick, we're up to that time of the show where we talk about, you know, your beloved Brisbane Broncos and the four that they've had in 2022. Now, I predicted it on the show. I don't want to be that guy, but... In round 23, that was $17 to miss the top eight. I called it. That's what you get. I'm trying to help out you loyal fans out there, <laughs> trying to win you some cash. Now, don't get always get it right, but, man, 
That was a good call, I have to say. Now, it's not over to Brisbane, though. 5.30. Nostrada Jubilee Stadium. The St. George Aura Dragons versus the Brisbane Broncos. Here's the situation, Nick. The Broncos have to beat the Dragons. Then they have to hope for the miracle, for the Hail Mary, that somehow the West Tigers beat the Raiders on Sunday. I, I tell you, Broncos playing Saturday, they better start loaning their players out to the Tigers on Sunday because that's their <laughs> biggest chance in that game. But, man, the, can the Dragons embarrass the Broncos, effectively end of their season. They got a win over the Tigers last week, St. George. Uh, the Saints are marching in, to quote my good mate, Matt Cosru. They've, they've won two games in a row. It's huge by the Dragons. The thing that I want to mention before we get into our preview for this game is I think that the game this week gets decided in the first 15 minutes. And you know what I'm getting at, Nick. The Dragons are on the verge of a record that I've never seen. And you might go, how are they on the verge? They're coming 11th, Steve, or 10th, whatever the hell they're coming. How are they going to break a record this season? Well, Nick, they played 23 games this year. When they've scored the first try this year, on 11 occasions, they've won all 11 matches. Did they win 11 or they won a 12? It might be 12 from 12. Wait a sec. No, 11. I was right. 11 from 11 when they've scored the first try. When they've led in the first try, they're zero from 12. So if I'm the Broncos in training this week, I'm just prepping for that first try. I'm just prepping for the start of this game because if they <laughs> score the first try, Nick, they're winning this game of football, if you ask me. Um, obviously, in all seriousness, the Broncos were terrible last week. They've been terrible for weeks now. Their season has fallen off a cliff. They do get Patrick Carrigan back this week. He's going to make a, a big in. Um, <clears throat> but, man, it's fallen apart to the point where Ezra Mann has been dropped. Tyson Gamble's going to be playing 5-8 this week. It's the last roll of dice for the Broncos. And ultimately, assuming they don't make the finals, I think this season is a failure for the Brisbane Broncos. I agree. I definitely agree with you that there, Steve. Um, I definitely had aspirations of making the top eight with getting Reynolds in and being in the top four by, what, round 19, round 20? Yeah, huge. Their, their season really turned around when they lost to the Tigers. Of all teams, losing to the Tigers That's is the really costly season. got the big suspension too, so it really just... It's, keeps, it's a gift that keeps on giving... Yeah, no, I, um, what, what, what was that record as well you told me on the weekend, Steve? Ben Hunt hasn't lost a game against the Broncos since he's left them? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, little confidence in the Broncos at the moment. I don't know what has happened. Maybe it's just as simple as just Paddy, Paddy Carrigan not playing. Um, Payne Haas, I don't really think he's shown he's been worth of 800, 900 grand a year, a million, whatever he's after. I don't, I don't really think he's shown anything of that sort of form. He, he, can, he loves a run, but I haven't seen him do any... Real like big tackle numbers. That Definitely hasn't been the same in my opinion since he came back from that mid-season injury. Yeah, that's. I mean, we talked about before about but the Eagles. Oh, sorry, sorry, Eagles the whole club since that round nineteen game. As you bring it up, yeah, we talked about before about the harmony in the locker room of the Sea Eagles. I think it's the same thing for the Broncos with with Payne Ars also telling him he wanted to go. Like, how do you exactly come back from that? How do you, how do your brothers look at you in the locker room when you say you want to leave them? So I think that's um, that's also probably played a little bit part in that probably hasn't gotten too much media attention outside of those week or two that we, we had, you know, and our 360 talk about it as well. But yeah, Broncos have really not looked good over the last couple of weeks. Ezra Mam, I think, is our long-term number six for the Broncos. Uh, I just think he's been dropped probably probably for more his defense. He's, yeah, he's, 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 he's quite young as well. Um, but probably going the right option, bringing in Tyson Gable just for this week, just to try and mix things up. Um, Look, they'll do what they can, but yeah, I've, I've got the Dragons winning this one. Steve, how do you sit? I have been penciled this game in for weeks because of my missed finals, and I thought that it would come down to this game. Ultimately, it's not going to because the Raiders um, 
have been flogging teams and the Broncos have been in the flog probably, but I, I've been on the Dragons train these last few weeks and I'm going to continue with it because, you know, the, the Broncos just don't seem like a confident football team at the moment. And, you know, it's funny that, and again, Adam Reynolds might be the best halfback the Rabbitohs have ever had, at least in the 21st century. Um, but yeah, these last couple of months, I haven't heard that Lachlan Ilias thing that we'll hear in all season. Reynolds has had injury concerns. I think that he hasn't been helped by the fact that their forward pack has been getting dominated most weeks. I think that they haven't decided still on number six, as you mentioned. You think Meems, the long-term number six. Well, he's, he was playing good football and now he's out of the team. Fullback, same thing. You've got Tessie New. You've got a bunch of these guys. Um, Tamara Martin. Yeah, you've got, you got different guys playing that position. Um, mm. They haven't really... I know Walsh comes in next year. We'll see how that goes. But they haven't settled ultimately on a consistent spine. Billy Walters has started at nine some weeks. Turbin started at nine. So I feel like they're just a club that doesn't have an identity and don't know what they want to be. Now, they won six in a row in the middle of the season. I think that they've read all out then, and I think they've struggled to main, maintain that consistency since. Um, yeah, I just have to go to the Dragons, and I think that in front of their home crowd, the drag. See, this is the thing: the Dragons are going to finish. Is it ten for eleven? They're going to finish tenth, pro- probably, right? This season, I think that's an achievement for the Dragons because I think that a lot of people had them lower than that. I had them at thirteenth. Sure, they they didn't make the eight, and there's been they've been very consistent. But for me, when the, as you mentioned, the Broncos were in the top four for most of the year. They find themselves out of the top eight. I think the Dragons to look back on this season and go, well, we've developed some players. Ultimately, I don't know what the Broncos look back on this season um, with at the end of the year and see positives considering how the last you know four to five weeks has gone. So I think the Dragons are a team that's playing more confident. I, I question their defense at times, but ultimately, with how the Broncos are playing, how can you tip them? I'm going to go to the Dragons yeah. by, by 16. I don't think anyone's got any right to tip the Broncos at the moment, to be honest. Uh, I've got the Dragons. Oh, look, I, I think they're going to get up for the game. And I think, as I said before, Patrick Carrigan is a big in. But, yeah, I've got Dragons by four as my tip. All right. And that would, you know, effectively end the Broncos season. Look, it was, it was over as soon as the Tigers beat him a couple, about a month ago. But, yeah, no, I, I definitely don't see him winning this game, let alone winning any games in the finals should they miraculously make it in. Final game of Super Saturday, Nick. We're getting into deep into round 25 now, and I feel like some of these games are, are games that we can just kind of breeze through, to be honest. Uh, Cowboys, Queensland Country Bank Stadium, they're hosting the Penrith Panthers at 7.35. Panthers, 13 players have been arrested. That's got to be some sort of record. Uh, look at this team on paper. I don't even know who some of these players are. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not deep into the uh, Panthers you know, reserve grade and, and youth system, but honestly, this is going to be some sort of record from the amount of team, players that they're resting. They're, they're taking the piss, obviously, and they're getting set for next week. They can do that. They're in the position to do that. They're so far ahead on first, and um, as I mentioned, I personally think it might be a mistake because I think they could have potentially versed the Cowboys week one of the finals and had an easier match for them and, and still won the game by resting some of their big players, but also playing some of their, you know, starting lineup and... You know, the, the Cowboys, alternately, they're coming off a loss to the Rabbitohs. Um, I don't think they get they lose too much from losing that game in terms of confidence. They look like now, because they're ultimately probably going to beat the Panthers, you would hope so, uh, destined to a first week final against the Cronulla Sharks. Um, most likely at Shark Park. Um, this game, up at Queensland Country Bank Stadium, I feel like the Cowboys should 
score plenty of points. I feel like um, it's a good, you know, last run before it gets serious for the Cowboys playing their stars. I feel like a lot of players probably, um, well, some of their big stars come off in the second half and ultimately I don't see how this is even an event. I feel like the, the Cowboys mm. win pretty easily. You know, it would be funny, Nick, what if the Panthers concede at 50? I know it hasn't. I know. I know. Look at look at nineteen oh eight, and you know, no teams won it in the fifty. There's no asterisks there. I don't know if they will. Um, I still think they've got some capable guys in there. Sean O'Sullivan's a good halfback to steal them around. Mm. But yeah, ultimately, what are we looking at here? I think it's a pretty obvious Cowboys win. Just a matter of how much. Yeah, I think Panthers have, have shown they're quite confident without when when holding. Um... And holding a lot of their, their star players out. This many for, though is a, is a that's new... that's um that, that you're right you're right there. It's a definitely um definitely unprecedented times for them this year holding that many players out. But they've they've proven quite confident even against the Parramatta game where they only had twelve players. They I think they ended up winning that second half yep. six four I think yep. against Parramatta game um when they had kick uh, Cleary Cleary yes yep uh, for the Cowboys yeah obviously they'll be looking for a belting this week hopefully just to try and get some momentum leading into the finals I think the Cowboys have had a very successful year I don't think Obviously, yeah. I don't think anyone had them finishing in the top four Adam Wooden so. Spooners wow <laughs> I think a lot of people did I think they were the favourites on Tavern Sports Bet really? to get the Wooden Spoon or they were one of the favourites so it's not just me mate when you look at that Tony Payton um, give me a raise yeah I mean let's be honest hugely successful season they've lost a little steam no doubt in the last month or two we'll see how they respond to it yeah they got a bit unlucky I think towards the back end of last week against the Rabbitohs when they had those two players go to the sim bin I had a look at both of them live and I was a bit suspicious on either of them being a sim binning to be honest I'd agree um, but look uh, I think I think Panthers you know all you have to do is just have a look at the stars that they've, that they've had come through the reserve grade um, and their junior pathways programs you know um, over the last couple of years, and I think you know that I think that's evidence enough that they got a good crop yeah. of young players coming Play through. For success for sure. So they, they yeah, exactly. They bring them for success. So look, I, I think at the end of the day, the Cowboys will end up holding third spot, um, and I'll win by twelve. Which uh, look, I, I don't. I, th- I agree with you, but I don't think it's the right play to be resting thirteen players, especially Jerome Luai, considering the bloke had what five, six weeks off, four weeks and off. And Cleary's only going to have you know no footballing for five weeks. Luai's going to have one game. It's going to be an interesting, especially if they're, they're going to be versus Melbourne or Power and those two teams meeting them this year. So definitely a risk that they're going to have to go the gauntlet again. I mean, last year they lost the first week against the Rabbitohs, um, so definitely. Um, Definitely another, want to an, avoid that. Another stat, seven finals matches they've won in the last two years. They've outscored on tries their opposition in two games, which is crazy. So the the dominance of Penrith in finals hasn't been there as much. Now, they've been winning games, so I guess it's dominant in terms of wins, but I think you know that hugely like unstoppable theory that's going around about Penrith might be mm. a little bit of a myth and uh, we'll see how it goes in the next few weeks I think they're definitely beatable I think the Cowboys even though the Panthers probably you know breed some uh, future stars of the game and, and hopefully the young guys have a crack and make it competitive but I've got the Cowboys uh, ultimately by 26 yeah, yeah right Yeah, I've got, I've got to win it by 12 um, what's the what's the line you know Steve I don't know but uh, I'm probably going to check it out we'll, we might talk about it in our best bets let's move on all right, two games left of the round. It's Sunday afternoon football from 2 p.m. McDonald Jones Stadium is the ground. Newcastle versus Cronulla Sharks, as I almost choke uh, on nothing. <laughs> Newcastle versus Cronulla Sharks. Newcastle's last game for the season. Obviously, it's been another disappointing year for them. 
Pong has been out of action. He's also been in bathrooms. Um, so, you know, that, there's that. Uh, they did have a good showing, in my opinion, against the Titans last week. It was a little bit uh, better than what they've been dishing out the past few months. It's Cronulla's last kind of run before the finals. And as we mentioned, they seem destined for a showdown against the Cowboys in week one. And who knows whether it'll be at ANZ, Allianz, Combank, or... Shark Park, because Shark Park ultimately only holds 11,000, so there's talk that it might not be there, which, you know, I guess it's fair enough from a logistics kind of getting the most people in the ground, but it's also a little bit of a disappointment to the people of the Shire, I'm sure. But ultimately, we're talking about this game. Cronulla, their last hit out with all the finals, they're pretty much named a full-strength contingent, apart from um, Fanukin, who... No, is Fanukin. He's in. He's in, I think. yeah. No, he's in the 22 jersey. So we'll see if he plays. Um, But while I think Newcastle will have points in them, I'm ultimately leaning Cronulla in this game. Um, I think that, yeah, the the Knights have been better lately and their forward pack has, uh, David Clem has been setting a good platform for them. I feel like um, Daniel Saifidi is starting to play some football that we know he's capable of playing. They've definitely been better since Jaden Braley's come back from that long-term layoff. Um, Crossland and Clunes on a half combination that gives me much confidence. I think Cronulla get the job done. I think Newcastle got some points in them, but um, ultimately Cronulla way too good in this game. I've got Cronulla by 20. Yeah, I, I think Cronulla have got the same sort of issues that the Rabbitohs have. They're, they're throwing the footy around, but I think they had... Uh, I think they would have had like 10 plus errors against the Bulldogs last it week. It wasn't so. a good showing. They, yeah. want, they want a better showing heading into the finals. No doubt. So I'm, I'm not sure that... I'm not sure that much can change this week, if I'm being blatantly honest. I think it'll be another low-scoring affair. I'll probably say Sharks will win something around like 20 to 22 points and then probably have the Knights scoring like one try, maybe two. Um, But I think, yeah, their defense is definitely strong, especially for Nukem plays. I don't see how the Knights can put too many on them. It's a different beast as opposed to the Titans last week where they had, what, 12 men for only about 30 minutes. So I've got the Sharks winning by about 16. Well, the thing that I hope that happens in Newcastle is I do hope they score some points because um, one thing you can say about Newcastle is despite their struggles in recent years, their fans always turn up to their games. They always get good crowds in Newcastle. Two o'clock game on a Sunday. Assuming we're not getting that rain that we've been getting the past few days come Sunday, should be some good weather out there. I think we could see some free-flowing football. And really, as you mentioned, Cronulla probably needed to get some confidence heading into next week. Cowboys and Cronulla... They've been inconsistent both sides, so we'll see what that dishes up next week. All right, the final game of the regular season, round 25 from 4.05 p.m. at Leichhardt Oval. The West Tigers host the Canberra Raiders, and if the Broncos can somehow get past the Dragons, they're ultimately hoping for a miracle, and that's a West Tigers victory. All the Raiders have to do to make the top eight and live another week um, and play finals football for the first time since 2020 is win this game of football, and... They've been inconsistent this year, but I feel like the last few weeks they've really found their footing. They're starting to play a confident brand of football. I like the show they put on against the struggling Manly side last week. Ultimately, Manly weren't up for that game, but I think Canberra you know, played pretty well. And the West Tigers, on the other hand, they were in the game against the Dragons. It was a, um, an improved performance. I wouldn't say it was a great performance by any means of the imagination, but... Um, if at Leichhardt, let's hope they can end their season and give their fans some hope uh, with a, a decent performance. But ultimately, we've got one team that has nothing to play for and the other team that has everything to play for. Uh, I think most people, including myself, 
We'll have to lead in the way of Canberra this week. What do you think, Nicolci? Yeah, Spoon's been decided. What have they got? Yeah, they got about 75 points of four and again. So unless Tigers want to somehow belt the Raiders with the reverse happening of the Warriors belting the Titans, yeah, they're, de- they're destined for the wooden spoon. Uh, same thing for the Raiders. Well, they're only f- 43 points in front of the Broncos as well. So yeah, a couple, couple of results really needed to go against the way of the Raiders for them to not make the eight. Um, there's really not too much to say about this game. I don't have any sort of confidence in the Tigers doing the job for, for my Broncos. So, yeah, I've, I've, I'm probably going to be a decimation, but I'd like to see, like to say that uh, the Tigers' performance last week is going to inspire a little bit more confidence than what Manly and, yeah, what Manly have fed. Maybe they could put up a, a fight the way the Knights did a couple weeks ago, which is really unexpected. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've got Raiders by 20. Let's be honest, if the Raiders were to lose this game, the Broncos would be the beat the Dragons, um, even though the Broncos being been criticised of the week, the Raiders probably be the laughing stock of the NRL if the Tigers eliminate them, basically. So, uh, you know, I guess that gives you a little bit of pressure for Canberra, but I feel like Canberra should be way too good. And I've got Canberra by 40. All right, so that is our tips for the final round of the regular season, round 25. Let's recap our tips now. Nick, um, Thursday night, we'll start there. I've got... Um, now, I can't remember margins because I never do because I'm very professional when it comes to this podcast, but I've got the Storm being too good for the Eels in a nail-biter on Thursday night. Yeah, for the for memory's sake, I think you had them Storm by two. I, I've got Storm by four. Uh, Friday night football, I've got the Bulldogs beating uh, Manly and ending both teams' seasons. Uh, hopefully, they put us out of their misery and this one doesn't go to golden point. Yeah, I think you had them by 12. I got them by eight. Oh, the Rabbitohs uh, upsetting the Sydney Roosters and spoiling the party at the new stadium in the blockbuster game on Friday Night Football. You had them by 10 from memory? I got them as... I got Roosters by 6. I think Super. it's the only... Oh, we had another one. Okay. No, you're good. Super Saturday, we've got uh, the Warriors Titans. I've got the the Warriors in front of their home crowd winning by 14. I've got Titans by 10. 5.30, the Broncos season on the line, but I'm pretty sure we're in unison on this. I've got the Dragons winning that game of footy by 16. I've got them by four, but yeah, I've got the Dragons winning that game of footy as well. Cowboys by 26 to beat the reserve grade Penrith Panthers then, Super Saturday for me. I've got the Cowboys by 12. Sunday afternoon football, I've got the Cronulla Shark fine-tuning their performances against uh, the Knights heading into a preliminary final um, you know, on the line against the Cowboys next week. No, I've got Sharks by 16. In a low-scoring affair, I think it would be like under around that 30-point mark, 40-point mark. I've got the Raiders by 40 against the West Tigers in <laughs> the regular season, which will cement the Raiders spot in the top eight. Yeah, I've got Raiders by 20. I think realistically, probably probably somewhere smack bang in the middle of that probably does a job for the Raiders, probably like 30, 32, something like that. All right, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast, guys. We're about to name our best bets for the week. Before we do so, I'm just going to quickly have a look at who we think will line up in round one of the finals. I've got uh, the Panthers versus the Melbourne Storm. Nick, you've got also the Panthers versus Melbourne Storm. Um, for first versus fourth. Second versus third, we've got Sharks hosting the North Queensland Cowboys. We differ a little bit when it comes to the bottom eight, the, uh, the bottom half of the top eight is what I'm trying to say. I've got the Rabbitohs hosting Canberra in a dual-die elimination match. And I've got the Roost... No, the Eels hosting the Roosters 6 versus 7th. So what I have, I'd have the Eels playing... Sorry, it would be the the Roosters hosting the Raiders and Eels will... 
Host yeah. and elimination matches. All right, Nick, before we end, do you have a best bet of the week for us? Yeah, it's um, I think two or three weeks in a row, these two boys have, have gone over the, the white line. Uh, so I'm going to say the best bet, has got it at $6.50. David Fafita, both four more, any time try scorers against the Warriors Titans. I, my best bet, I've got a, just a two-game multi for you. I've got the Melbourne Storm at $1.80 beating the Parramatta Eels. I'm going to put that in um, as I get the odds up here. I'm going to give you the odds momentarily. I've got the Storm at $1.80 at the moment in with the Dragons, 13 plus. At 5.20, that gives you $9.30 odds, and I think the Dragons are going to put the cleaners through the Broncos on a Saturday afternoon. Unfortunately, uh, to this those are our tips and our best bets for round 25. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today, Nick. Thank you. Yeah, finally come on. How did you enjoy your first experience? Yeah, no, it was, it was good. Um, yeah, no, maybe come back on next week, see how, see how this one turns out when we release it. But yeah, no, thanks for having me on, Steve. Not a problem, mate. I hope to see you next week. We'll preview one of the games. We'll, we'll be in communication, and uh, let's hope it's a good last regular season game. Uh, regular season game. Regular season round of football before we get into the finals next week. It's the important part of the season. I'm excited for it. Thank you guys for listening to Steve's NRL Footy Tips this week. We'll see you next week for our preview for the first week of the finals. See you then.